It's amazing. It took her six months to find me an end table, but she can plan a wedding at the plaza in four weeks. Five bucks says that your end table lasts longer than her marriage. Um, you know, there are a lot of very classic sex in the city, like funny things that happen, you know, obviously throughout the series, those memorable things. Um, like one being like, you stole my baby name, you bitch. That one. Um, what was last week's one? There was one from last week that was really good. If you don't, um, eat, if you don't eat pussy, you're not. A yes. <laughs> yeah, that one. And uh, this week there was like a really... I love when they are all so jaded at this point and they th the bride throws the bouquet in the air and they all just let it plop onto the ground. And they're like, all right, so uh, I'm going to head out. <laughs> see, see you later tomorrow. That is one of my re-watching it. I laughed again. It's just such a great scene. Just the absolute like disinterest and then watching the bouquet fall down. A very classic Sex and the City. Especially um, Charlotte. Since she she's so gung-ho about it. And then she's just like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway, Sarah, so would you cool. like to do a recap of the show? <laughs> you know I would. All right, guys. So welcome to the Mirandas. This is season two, episode seven, The Chicken Dance which is a classic wedding dance that white people do, which I don't know how the dance started or why it started. And if people I don't even do it, know it, what is it? I know. Stop, totally. Yes. Okay. Now I'm, how can I forget? People say white people don't have culture. Okay. Um, <laughs> so in, in this episode, simply put, Miranda's interior decorator and Miranda's friend from England who are visiting fall in love and ask the girls to be a part of the wedding. And just like weddings, this kind of happens. It brings out kind of the crazy in some people. And um, poor Miranda in this episode is feeling very scorned and very like, why me? Why didn't he pick me? Why did he fall for Madeline, her friend? Um, the wedding kind of brings out an interesting side of Carrie and Big, where it's like, are they a thing? And this kind of comes up with him not wanting to sign the wedding card and be like oh. a couple with her with the present. I, I, I can't wait to talk about that plot point. Yeah. And then I, I the wedding have the same opinion of, with that one. Well, I actually had a different opinion and then I rewatched it with Dakota and I got his opinion. And so now... Okay. I, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. I want that to be um, the first thing we talk about after a recap. Yes. So, mm -hmm. and then for Charlotte in this episode, because she's a friend of the person getting married, she gets to be a bridesmaid and she wants to finally be noticed as a bridesmaid, wears a very sexy dress, has like a three hour relationship with a man who's then, and then she's, you know, back to square one with nobody. And then Samantha's plot line is kind of like, eh, she has sex with a guy she already had sex with 15 years ago and has like zero plot line this whole episode. Mm -hmm. That's kind of it. Love kind it. it. Great job. Not a lot going on. Um, I, okay. So, all right, let's talk about this because I. <laughs> so big, not signing the card. Okay. Big, yeah. not signing the card. So um, that really, you know, it, it, it's not even the, the act of him not signing the card. I was annoyed 
that he was like questioning why is my name on the card? How did they get my name? You know, and I thought that was so rude and it made her feel like so like embarrassed and vulnerable. And she's like, I don't know, like Charlotte, I'm sure like gave her your name and and like he I just felt like he's the one who like made it uncomfortable and weird when really it didn't have to be. And like, I don't know. He's a grown man. Like, get over it. I know. And, you know, we've really been like rooting, rooting for him in season one and season two and excusing any behavior as just her psychosis. I do think this was on big this episode. And, um, you know, when I I first watched it, I thought it was kind of a dick move to to not sign the card because like, who gives a shit? Like, that's just ego. It's a dick move. It It is. And then when I rewatched it with Dakota, he said, you know, the card thing wouldn't have been a big deal because it's kind of like, eh, just the card. Like, I don't need to sign it, whatever. Until he asked, how did she get my name? Which means he doesn't consider himself a real part of her life. Because like if you really like are you care about someone you're dating them like you yeah. want to be on the wedding invitation but it seems yeah. like and it you felt so bad for Carrie in this moment because you know, know he's so handsome when he gets the door wearing a tuck she's in a beautiful dress she's wrapped the gift has the card and it's just this moment of like signing the card and he just shames her she was trying to connect he withdraws and so then that makes her withdraw he shames her and also it's not a big fucking deal yeah yeah, I just thought it was rude, you know, like, uh, I, you know, I didn't really see, okay, I did not see the point of Big asking that unless we saw more of his side and more of what he's feeling about the relationship. But I guess we kind of only see things through Carrie, but like, I, I, I just don't really see the relevance of why he needed to know. Okay, so I think we have to talk about this scene in the context of an er- two earlier scenes, the toothbrush mm-hmm. scene. So in the beginning yes. of this episode, Carrie's, you know, in his bathroom, she forgets his toothbrush. She's like, can I borrow one? And then he kind of makes this whole little cute little spiel about, you know, he, he get, gives her the pink toothbrush for his like electric toothbrush, the, the pink head. And mm-hmm. she says something like, um, I wrote it down because I thought it was just the most pathetic thing someone could have said. She says, um, there's only one pink brush head and Big was giving it to me. It was the single most encouraging moment so far in our relationship. Whoa. So, 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 she so was dark. So, <laughs> she was so happy. But, and I, and I, maybe this was the writing in this, but she took the pink brush head off and sat it next to the blue brush and it was this very oh like gender pink and blue almost like the top of a wedding cake you know like yes the, the it was couple. a love it yes it a lot a of symbolism and imagery <laughs> <laughs> and, and you just and so you have this scene where he's giving her something right like he's letting her in he's demonstrating intimacy there's another scene when they're playing they're in bed kind of being playful she's doing the poem and she's like you you're not going to come to the wedding and he's like of course i will to see you do this poem and they're playing and there's a lot of intimacy so she's kind of riding with that and so when he doesn't sign the card it is weird and he's kind of gaslighting her yeah yeah totally well i wanted to get back to um (laughs) the amazing miranda plot line um but i (laughs) it's so so funny how miranda 
hires Charlotte's friend who's an interior decorator because, you know, she's celebrating moving into this new apartment. And, you know, meanwhile, she has her, you know, guy friend visiting from London who, um, you know, is a freelance journalist with The Economist. And now he's kind of coming back to New York to, like, assess if he wants to move back. And I find it so as soon as, you know, the interior decorator is dropping off an end table or something like that they like fall in love, like at first sight, um, the economist guy and Miranda's decorator. <laughs> and essentially Miranda's completely got blocked and, and <laughs> squeezed out of the situation as much as she tries to insert herself back, which was really funny to watch. It was such a great Miranda um, plot line. And I, I fully identified um, with Miranda in this um, scene because basically, you know, she's venting because she's so she's hosting his goodbye party, which I didn't quite understand why he was having a goodbye party, maybe going back to London or something after a week and yeah. after a week. And then, um, you know, it's announced, he announces that he um, is so happy that Madeline has agreed to marry him. And, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So there's so Miranda and the girls are sitting out on the stoop. <laughs> and Miranda's like, how is this even possible? And, like, I feel like that's what goes so in my cool. mind the past several years when I've seen, like, Facebook announcements of people getting engaged. I'm like, what? <laughs> how does I, that happen? Oh, my God. I, I, I this so feeling <laughs> oh th this Miranda plotline was really great and very relatable and maybe not in the extent of like okay you try to hook up with a guy and he gets engaged a week later but this feeling of like why not me and we find this yes. with Miranda throughout the series of like really wanting to be special because I think we all want that we want to be the the chosen one we want to be the girl who the guy comes from London and that we fall in love after a week and and that just like usually doesn't happen. So I think Miranda yeah. is like a good example of like the real thing that happens, which is usually yeah. you're not yeah. always chosen. You're not the like the hottest girl who walks in. Expectations versus reality. Yeah, she is the reality. And uh, it reminds yeah. me a bunch of like guys who I've dated and then like immediately after they've like dated somebody and then like have gotten engaged. And it's Absolutely like, oh. smitten with <laughs> <laughs> it's like I felt always like a launching pad for somebody <laughs> you know like this and I remember thinking like wow like I, I cannot lock anyone down <laughs> and so thinking well I feel like I prepared him very well emotionally for this next chapter <laughs> seriously I have known Jeremy a long time and which is uh, more than the bride could say I am very happy for you both I only hope that someday I can have what you two have. Exactly. And, um, but that, that feeling of, and maybe this is why I really, really like connect with Miranda is because of that universal feeling of like, why not me? And really wanting to be special. I think I've kind of wrestled with that feeling my whole life and like really wanting to just be special. And I think Miranda really wants that. And she is special, yeah. right? But she's not the girl who's going to get engaged a week after dating somebody. That's okay. But this plot line was just fantastic. And then throughout the episode, yeah. Which, okay, this leads me to my next question. I think that everyone on some level wants a whirlwind romance, right? 
mm-hmm. you know, like a good story. Like, Oh, everyone you know. loves a story. And, um, you know, that really, I feel like ties into like what I want to ask, which is like, do you believe in love at first sight? Like, how can we not ask that question? Do you believe in love at first sight? Absolutely not. I, I really don't. Um, <laughs> no, I, I really don't. And I think that's a myth. And I think it's something that people feel in retrospect. And I, they feel it when they have like the amber glow of retrospection, when everything is wonderful and they're in love. And then they kind of like implant that memory of love at first sight. I, I don't think it exists. I 100% believe in what Big said of lust at first sight. Like 100%. Yes. You can see somebody and be like, I am attracted to you. But love... Yeah in its essence is something that you create. I don't think it's something that you just feel that can just like be turned on and off. It's something that you build with somebody, but lust is, is that like biological attraction. So that at first sight, but not love. What about you? Yeah, no, I agree. I, um, I think it's just like, it just when I think about my belief system, like (laughs) my morals and my ethics, My, when I look and watch my moral compass, <laughs> I think about like, okay, like, don't really believe in ghosts. Like I say, I don't really, because like, I don't believe in ghosts. But then I asked my friend the other day, do you believe in ghosts? And she was like, yes. And so I'm like, okay, well, I don't really believe in ghosts. So like, maybe. Um, I don't really believe in aliens. I think that there could be, (laughs) where is this guy? There could be like life, like, you know, in some, you know, microscopic form on some planet far, far away. You're like, we've all seen signs. (laughs) We've all seen signs. Independence Day. (laughs) That movie with freaking Matt Damon with Abba up in Mars. Um, And so again, I just, I don't really believe in fate. I'm not, very spiritual so I just don't believe in love at first sight and in fact I think that the concept of love at first sight really undermines like the longevity and long-termness of and work of a relationship right because I'm so glad you said that yeah yeah because so much of like when I look at my relationship like so much of like the love is like us powering through shit maybe that maybe that's like a negative way of looking at it but it's really not it's like like hurdles that we've overcome have really like brought us closer together you know and seeing yeah and seeing that like um trust and that reliance on you know and codependence like I don't know I think it's that is what is like continues to like kindle the fire of love (laughs) I always thought it was very strange when men early on or people in relationships say I love you very quickly and Mm, you know and everyone everyone has their own time everyone has their own timeline I think some people are much more open or in touch with their feelings like whatever it is I'm not judging people who say it early but as I, I think back to like when Dakota and I like first said, I love you. And I'm like, well, the love that I had then was certainly not the level of like love I have yeah. now. And so totally. it almost feels like a, like a falsity that I could have said, I love you back then, <laughs> yeah. even though I felt yeah. it, but it really goes to show you like, like love, it like evolves, it changes, it grows. And I just don't think you can have that complex of emotion at first sight. Because I think it's something yeah. you have to create, and you create it through bonding and intimacy and conflict and, and hardship, time and that's too. like really what 
and t- and, t- and time, a hundred percent. And I, you know, I I do think that um, I do believe in like whirlwind romances. I think that yes, people can I do. get into things quickly. Um, I look at my yeah. parents, they, you know, met and I think it was like nine or 10 months later, my mom listens. And so mm-hmm. she'll correct me when I talk to her next week. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do believe that like, like romances can, the speed of things can go quickly, but love, I, it can't be there just from when you see somebody. Yeah, can't. totally. Totally. No. Um, I mean, I like, I don't know, like, so like when I think about like me and Dave, sometimes it feels like whirlwind. Cause it was like, we met on Tinder and it, <laughs> And it was just like, you know, I just downloaded the app for like the nth time, you know, after like deleting it so many times. And then just like within an hour, I just was like, all right, let's go on a date. And I, I, the bar that I chose ended up being a block away from him that my friend and I were going to. So like that felt like kind of like. Fortuitous. Fortuitous. Right. But. At the same time, like, no, not love at first sight. <laughs> I had, like, too much, like, tequila and, like, <laughs> like bad beers. <laughs> Medellas. <Yeah>, right? <laughs> well, tequila can, certainly, tequila can certainly make you feel like you're in love at first sight. But the <laughs> next day, you're like, oh, dear. <laughs> Which is why I continue to drink tequila. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um but I, I, I think I like what you said earlier about the love at first sight is kind of a cop out. And I think, mm-hmm. and I remember in my early twenties feeling this way, like if I didn't feel like an intensity of emotion right away, I was like, it's not meant to be, or like, it's just not there because I didn't think a relationship took work or, and it didn't take like intentionally, like putting effort into something. I thought it was this magical thing. Like, <gasps> like you'll feel it and be overcome yeah. by it. So for a long time, I chased that feeling. I wanted like very mm. intense feelings. And even if they were negative, I thought, well, that must mean something. If I'm feeling something very intensely and right away, mm-hmm. that must be like a sign or must mean there's something there. When you realize like, okay, right. good relationships don't start off with like a flood of like insane, intense, like up and down. Highs and lows. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I sometimes think like Carrie and Big, it's interesting in this episode because mm, there, totally. there's some like very mundane aspects of their relationship in this episode. Episode that are really yes. good. Like the, the good meat of relationships. Like we've talked about this. You're hanging out in bed, yeah. you're laughing, you're in the bathroom together, brushing teeth, you're going to events together. And you feel weird by a comment he made. You're just connected. And I and I think that Carrie and Big tend to not they kind of push away from each other when they get too close to these like simple goodness. I don't know. I think Carrie kind of likes the dramatic feelings of up and down. Oh my god, absolutely. I mean, and we know women like, who yeah. are like that and people. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you know, I, I have one thing about the Miranda plot line. I was going to say I have a great Miranda sarcasm line. It feels good to be sarcastic. Yes. Say it. Okay. Um, the Miranda sarcasm line that I have actually is a hybrid because then it goes into a Samantha Zinger. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. I don't know if we're prepared, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm sure you know which one I'm going to say. Um, they're at the wedding and, you know, they're sitting at the table and watching, you know, the bride and groom. And Miranda says, it's amazing. It took her six weeks to find me an end table, but she can plan a wedding at the plaza in four weeks. <laughs> The Samantha says five bucks says her end table lasts longer than her marriage. A hundred percent. That was such a great interaction. 
I love yeah. that. And I, I there yeah. was another really good Samantha Zinger in this episode when um she like Miranda's like like talk they're on the stoop at the like where the guy proposes and then Maria, <laughs> Samantha says this isn't love this is two people justifying a week of nonstop fucking <laughs> because like to get engaged after a week I think is insane. It's insane. insane. I think it's insane. Um, Do you, what are your, what are your thoughts on um, like, so I I think we have to bring up just wedding culture in general because of the wedding that was in this. Wedding culture. How, how they planned a wedding in four weeks at the plaza. I I just don't think you can do it. Can you? I don't think so. I think here's the thing. I think you weirdly can because, because, because I feel like, there just might have been an opening at the plaza that, you know, for a weekend in the random ass month they got married, you know? My question and, is, we've, we, yeah, we've talked about wedding prices in New York. Yeah. How oh, is an, that interior, an interior designer and a writer at The Economist affording that wedding at the plaza? I just don't think it's possible. <laughs> I just... I I just, I can see this happening. I don't think it's that unrealistic. I think that there are people who are like this. I mean, they already fell in love at first sight. What's planning a wedding in one month at the plaza going to do? You know, they're probably like those type of people, right? I mean, I don't know what those kind of people yeah. are. I know that I like to like take my time and think about things. I think the only thing I rush through is like eating, you know? <laughs> <laughs> everything else I know everything else I take my time I know I think um this was so like fascinating to watch this episode with like the talk of um like bridesmaid dresses and wedding toasts and like the guest book and it was just um I don't know I really really enjoyed watching this and you know um, just like hearing friends now who are planning weddings that there's like a lot of stress in it and it is stressful to plan these things. And so it was so funny to kind of see Miranda stressed out to be like doing the guest book and you see Charlotte doing the um, the de- decorating of the bed. And there's just so much involved that they had to do for this person. Charlotte took her duties as bridesmaid very seriously. Wow. <sighs> Isn't it beautiful? So how do we do this exactly? Oh, we just throw some silly string around and write something funny on the mirror and lipstick. And then some people throw condoms on the bed, but I personally prefer rose petals. But the one thing I wanted to bring up about the wedding was Carrie's poem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I actually kind of liked the poem. The poem was great. Did you like the poem? Oh, the poem was simple and great. My God. I mean, the girl can write. So... I thought the poem was great. And then when I was watching this with Dakota and cause you know, for people who didn't see it, um, you know, Carrie shares this beautiful poem quote, you know, beautiful poem at the wedding. And then big takes a call during it. His phone rings and he leaves while she's doing the poem. Oh my gosh. His hello was the end of her endings. Her laugh was their first step down the aisle. His hand would be hers to hold forever. His forever was as simple as her smile. And suddenly it hit me. Two people were committing to a life together, and I couldn't even get a guy to be on a card with me. And I turned to Dakota, and I was like, if you ever even left while I was doing, like, karaoke at a bar, I'd be so upset. I was like, how dare you? This is my performance. 
<laughs> like, you know me, I take things very seriously. So it's so, so fucking rude. It was so rude. So if, but at the same time, I feel like he knew what he was doing. Do you think he knew what he was doing? Yeah. By doing that? Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And it's just, um, I don't know. I thought that was so hurtful that she, yeah, you feel really bad for Carrie in this episode. And I, it reminded I feel- me of times in which, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I feel like this is when, you know, the disinterested party who like doesn't, you know, you know, when you were like dating someone and like, you know, someone sees it going somewhere and the other one doesn't, I think we've been in both sets of shoes. Like, someone's going to end it right before the other person gets hurt because they see where it's going. It's like, it's kind of like he or she's that just not that into you type of thing. And what I don't quite understand is I feel like after all of that, you know, that happened with him, like feeling weird about being on the card and him asking like, how did they know my name? And like him kind of ignoring her poem and like taking the call outside and him not wanting to dance at the wedding. Like, I think it is on him at that point, you know, in in the upcoming week to just be like, hey, like, I just don't see this going, like, you know, and just to like call it off, you know? I think that's the responsible thing to do or like the bare minimum, really. But what is going on in Big's head where he just doesn't do that? Because I, I don't think he is disinterested in her because from everything else he is he is sweet with her he is interested but for some reason it has to always be on his terms so it's it's him giving her the toothbrush it's him saying no i'm going to come to the wedding it's um him saying you know next time you call me like be at my door right and we look at the end of season 1 when she broke up with him he's like i have to do things on my my timetable so by carrie kind of putting the name on the card, she's taking a step forward and he's like, no, 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 I'm not on my timetable. So he has a lot of control issues that aren't readily apparent, but he has these kind of small microaggressions that women are used yes. to. And we, and we know when men do these little things. And a lot of the times I do think women read into things, but we also are very intuitive and you know, when something is wrong, you know, when someone's being distanced, distant, um, and I, I think he does it to keep a sense of power. And I, but I don't think it's because he doesn't want a relationship. I think that's only how he knows how to be in a relationship. Yeah, I think because he is divorced, he is older, he doesn't have children. Like, I think, and I say he doesn't have children because, like, people might see that. People might be more interested in him because he doesn't have children. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't really think that way, but, like, I think that he is maybe trying to maintain control because he's like older in life and he's been through a divorce and yeah, I mean, that's, that is giving him benefit of the doubt, but at the same time, I feel like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he's kind of, I mean, he's like a fuck boy too, right? Yeah. And I think he has money. He's attractive. He knows that he has a lot of power in this relationship with Carrie. He also knows that Carrie is a very vulnerable person and she's yeah. prone to um, insecurity. And he's yeah. kind I think the more you're in a relationship with somebody, you can use that against them. If you are that yeah. type of person who, who gets off on putting people in positions of 
feeling insecure. And that might make you feel like, well, if she's feeling insecure, that must mean that she loves me. And there are men that do that, that like that game of push and pull just to see how much they can get the person to care. Yeah. And big and Carrie tend to tend to do that with each other. And that's why their relationship is so unhealthy. I think it's immaturity. Immaturity. Yeah. 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 Because I remember there was this guy. I like, I don't even want to say we were dating in New York. It was like <laughs> we went on some dates and honestly wasn't really into him. But he just loved like, I don't know, like drama. It was like very strange. You know, I would like I ran into really? him. Really? Like, Tell me more. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was, he was just, I was, I, like, the way I sniffed out the situation was that he was saying all these things that he really liked me and all this shit. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I think you're just like a drunk, (laughs) you know, and he, he was from um, (laughs) Alabama. So like, he, you know, he, he was like, like went to a party school down there. And I, I think he just like drank a lot. And so it really bothered me. And like, that was in my stage when I like, wasn't learning that you just have to like, let it go. But it like bothered me how much he'd like try to profess his love. And it, and it just really pissed me off because I'm like, I know you're just drunk. And I feel, (laughs) I honestly don't know where this is going. That's okay. (laughs) But I just feel like, I don't know. I think that there's like, I think there's are people that are just kind of immature who kind of feed off that type of vivacious, yeah. dramatic energy. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, and I think Big and Carrie are like, are a match made in heaven because they both are like that. And I, and I hear relationships like that now where things are not actually not as much anymore. When I was in, again, in my like early mid twenties of these like very up and down relationships where that was like, people got off on that. They're like, it's like this hot and cold that is he into me? Not. And there is a level of that that can help people peak interest that can make you feel like, Oh, this is exciting and fun. And then, you know, then it gets really, really tiresome and the questioning somebody's interest gets old very quickly. And you realize like, yeah, no. It turns into a hangover is what it turns into. It's like basically, yeah, it's like super fun, like being drunk and like taking shots and partying. But then it just like feels shitty, you know, like the next day and you're just like trying to like get to work or something, like live your life, <laughs> do your laundry and you're just like hungover. It's like, no. I know. And that's why in this episode, when I saw Carrie and Big do all the like wonderful, normal relationship things, it was a great part of their relationship to like have that moment of intimacy in the bathroom, brushing teeth and be in bed laughing yeah. while he's reading and she's writing. And like, that's like the good stuff in relationships. And so it was, um, I don't know, their, their conflicts and tension again. And I right. we know where, we know where this is going for season two. So it's so hard yes. to watch it like kind of dissolve right now. Well, it's complex because like there's something so powerful. I don't want to say moving because I'm hardly moved by carrying Big's relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something <laughs> there is magnetic. something like, something magnetic. There is something like super like complicated and also like deep about them having, as you said, those like intimate moments where they're brushing each other's teeth or they're you know eating ice cream in bed or like 
whatever they're doing. It's like those kind of quiet moments where they aren't like in front of everyone out on the town. They're just kind of enjoying each other's time. But at the same time, which I totally feel like I experience, I'm sure you experience, there are all these like kind of like conventions in society that we feel like kind of like tied up into. And like, and if the other person isn't like doing it, i.e. if the other person isn't like signing the wedding card, like it symbolizes something else, you know, and that weighs so much more like apparently that, you know, he wouldn't sign the card than those small kind of precious moments they were having together. Um, That's a a really good perspective. I like how you said that. And exactly. It's almost like the the things that are unknowable, that unknowable part of it, you assign more meaning to than the really things that make you happy. And maybe that's our bias towards negativity and the unknown and assigning meaning when we can't. And then, and and Carrie, obviously we know she needs CBT. She has a lot of cognitive distortions. (laughs) I I do, right? Like this girl has a lot of negative thinking patterns that a therapist could turn around. But in this moment, if somebody did say to me, how did they get my name? And she, and you can just see her, she goes in the defense and it's, um, I, I do think their acting was quite good in that scene. Cause you could just really feel what they were both feeling. Um, yeah, he was being yeah, hostile, I felt. Yes. Yeah. yeah like very, very hostile. And at the end, Gilly, when they talk about the cake, you know, she's like, I just want somebody who will stay till the end of a wedding. And then he has this look of er- like earnesty and he, and he's like, I'll, I'll stay. I'll, I'll, and he does look interested. He maybe fears like, Oh, maybe I've pushed away too much. Maybe I've played too many games and now she's kind of hurt. And then it reels them back in again. They connect. Well, I hate, it's that's a- what I hate because like, you know, the, 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 what the 20 minutes that Carrie was out of his purview, like when she's helping Miranda, like put the wedding gifts into the car you know, that's when he, he wants what he can't have so much. And that's what's also like really irritating about it is like, he's a yeah. fuck boy. He's like a fuck boy who actually like cares at the same time. I know. And I, but you know what? I think a lot of fuck boys are like that. I think they really do care, but their external yeah. shell is I'm going to act as if I don't care because then I don't have yes. to acknowledge if I get hurt. Yes. <sighs> well, we did a good job psychoanalyzing our fictional characters. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Um, okay, so here are some fun things that I wanted to ask about. Did okay. you think there's a great scene with Charlotte in this episode? It makes me crack up every single time. <laughs> They're talking about the wedding and Charlotte is so excited that she gets to pick out her own bridesmaid dress. And so this, she's, yeah. she, she's talking at the table and she's like, Ooh, it's this low black silk halter and Char And Sam says like, Ooh, that sounds really sexy. And then Charlotte's so defensive. And she's like, I've been to seven weddings and I've been, oh, no one look at me, Charlotte. She's like, this time people are going to look at me and bangs the table. Yes. And oh, yeah, I love it. She's like, this time people are going to look at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good because, you know, have you heard that, like, it's that typical bridesmaid. Um, and I've never been in a wedding like this, but I've known um, Grace, who was on last week, 
uh, told me about like just terrible bridesmaid dresses where it's like the cookie cutter <laughs> dress where you have to wear it where you look so shitty in it and the bride looks amazing, but you look like a drab <laughs> woman in a sack. And you're just like, this does not fit my body shape. Like, why would you do strapless? <laughs> so I related to Charlotte in the sense that she had to, she wanted to look hot and beautiful at a wedding. She's single, like, come on. And so totally. I thought that scene was, was great with Charlotte. I didn't think her dress was like that sexy. No, I thought it was hot. I thought the, the I thought okay. the low back was hot. It was really low. It, it was a beautiful dress. And she had her hair up. Yeah, she had her mm-hmm. hair up so you could see like her whole like skin and back back there. I thought it was very attractive. I didn't think I it can, was yeah. bloody as the guy said that like <laughs> called her a slut basically because of her dress. I don't think it was that level. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think it was definitely slutty. It was definitely a revealing, um, you know what <laughs> men were going to look at her and, and, and at weddings, I feel like there was this traditional sense of a bridesmaid isn't to be looked at, you know, it's the bride. <laughs> so I like, I like that Charlotte challenged that this episode. Well, but, it's um, funny but, because what's really cracked me up was that Samantha was literally was not casting any judgment. She was just like, oh, that's a sexy judgment. Because, you know, you're not real. like, I don't know, according to the rules, you're not really supposed to, like, outshine them. <laughs> and she thought, like, Samantha's being, like, accusatory. Which <laughs> she was just, like, pointing out, oh, that's a sexy dress. <laughs> that is true. So I love oh, it. Um, what, okay, what did you think? Only because I love critiquing wedding dresses. What did you think of Mad- Madeline's wedding dress? No, no, thanks. Two thumbs <laughs> down. <laughs> two thumbs down. I mean, two, no, I, ready, Gilly, two gloved thumbs down. <laughs> two gloves down. I, <laughs> here's the thing I barely remember it. I do know that it went all the way up to her like chin. <laughs> um, I think it was probably of the time, but I also think that wedding dresses now are like have been made to be like so much more like sexy and intricate and flattering and like you know mm-hmm. really showcasing different people's like you know favorite parts of their bodies and stuff like that. I mean, some have been like some dresses are obviously like really like a lot now with like boobs out and stuff. Yeah. You're like I love my navel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some that are more like interesting that don't have to have like weird cutouts, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I just thought it was boring. But um Sarah, you and I actually have a wedding coming up in the fall, and we've been talking we about certainly do bridesmaid dresses. Um, this is the wedding, gosh, yeah, of what are, lifetime, what are the century. Are you are you so excited for this wedding? I am so excited for this wedding. That's it's like what's so getting me through COVID. That's actually one of our special guests. Our special I guest, know. Heather. Heather, Heather from the farting episode. <laughs> You know it's a match made in heaven when you have fart wars. <laughs> that is true. But Heather is getting married in September, and we are just so excited for her and very excited because it's going to be a good reunion of, like, college friends. For me, it's also high school friends. It's my family. It's New York friends. So it's a really – it's just going to be a fun time. But we've been talking about bridesmaid dresses a lot because I think people yes. – like, if you're a bridesmaid, you're fucking excited about yeah, uh, this is the first time I've ever been a bridesmaid, so I'm stoked. Well, I was a bridesmaid for my sister, and that oh, was the only time. So I've only done it once, and right. we just picked out the dress, and it was their navy, and they were 
it was fun. My boobs were way too out though. Like it, it, it was, I look back at the pictures and I'm like, and I was like probably 15 pounds heavier. So they were even bigger. And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I had like a slutty slit up my, my leg. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> like Angelina Jolie slit. But uh, honestly, yeah. Right. And, but Rachel also had her boobs out too. So, you know, who cares? My sister like had her boobs out and they look beautiful. Um, a boob, a boob, yeah, it was a boob, boob out wedding. Um, I know. So bridesmaid dresses are super exciting. Yeah. I still have not found mine. No, 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 no. I want a combination of sexy and slash or sophisticated, either or. Um, I want sexy but funky. Sexy but – oh. So here's the thing. There's a dress that I found on eBay <gasps> that cost way too much. But – How much? I don't have a budget. I need – my budget is like a size 10. <laughs> I need to like fit into something first. <laughs> I know. Okay. So did I ever tell you the story of me trying on the bridesmaid dress for my sister's wedding? Okay. No. I bought this bridesmaid dress in December, 2019. Okay. And it was a size 12. It was way, way, way too big. Okay. And I was like, Oh, I'll just get it tailored, mm-hmm. um, like closer to the wedding. And then COVID happened. The April 2020 wedding didn't happen. So I was like, it just stayed in the box. I didn't even (laughs) open it. Okay. So then I just, and like, obviously COVID, I did gain the COVID 15 or 20. I gained a ton of weight during COVID. And so I decided to open this dress (laughs) two weeks before the wedding. And I was like, well, I'll still have to get it tailored. No, that fucker had to to get it like tailored the other way. (laughs) (laughs) This dress I was so mortified. I was like, oh, oh, I didn't have to get it tailored, mom. And I remember I was like, mom, I was FaceTiming her. And she's like, wow. It was like so tight. Dakota was like, he was like, like pushing my boobs into it. And he's like, oh my God. It was so mortifying. Cause this whole time I was like, I'll be swimming in this. <laughs> so I know it was, it was so bad. Like in COVID, it was just terrible. So this time I'm determined to just like, feel really, really great in a dress because getting those wedding pictures back, I think I talked to you about it. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you looked great. You, I, well, we're all hard on ourselves. Yeah. It's just, it's always funny seeing yourself in like a formal dress. Cause we see the little yeah. things and like, I, so like, for example, like, which I've talked about, like I took a medication that had me gain some weight and I, I've never had boobs really like, or I've had like eight cup boobs and, like, I gained enough weight where I went, like, up, like, a full cup size, if not more. And I went to Target last mm-hmm. week, and I'm a – I think it's, like, a B36. And I've always been an a, <gasps> A34. And it was, like, strange to, like, have – My God. Ooh, like, oh. It's so weird. You're like, man, man, I feel like a woman. It's, like, I like them a lot sometimes, and then – other times I really don't like them because they are making things uncomfortable and like not fit right. And anyway, we are like, <laughs> I know we're so very fit here, but like, I, I think any, li- any woman listening has some relationship with her boobs that is complicated <laughs> and people who are like, I, and I, I remember some girl in college, I'm not going to say her name, just like, she's like, I love my boobs. They're perfect. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and it, and it just like kind of bothered me. And I, 
just something about like I always think my boobs are like too big and then when you have smaller boobs I think you resent people with big boobs for saying that but like I do think when you have a bigger chest you're more sexualized everything just like kind of becomes a little bit more sexual when you don't want it to be literally you do and like it's so so... (laughs) I was in my like yeah (laughs) 100% um okay so why don't we wrap it up do we have any more Samantha Zingers because I have one more um no I only had one so like so the Samantha another Samantha Zinger I have is when they're all on the stoop um during the (laughs) quote unquote like going away party that someone's like hey is this where the engagement party is and Miranda's like going away party (laughs) but um Samantha says like she like is flirting with one of the guys that comes to the party and she finds out um you know the next day after having sex with him that she's already slept with him and so she's saying like at brunch with the girls I'm officially out of men to fuck. I have to get married or move. <laughs> I love that so much. I just love Samantha. Like this series has just made me absolutely adore Samantha as a character. And I never really took her fully seriously, but she is so lovable and absurd. Um, <laughs> oh, and I have, sorry, I have one more Miranda sarcasm, which is, okay. which is what, <laughs> when they're going, the girls are going back in after, you know, the end of the engagement party and the doorman is like, excuse me, um, where are you going? <laughs> She's like, or he goes, excuse me, can I help you? And she goes, I live here. <laughs> I know. Miranda, this is a really, really great Miranda episode. Um, just by her, like, absolute sarcasm and feelings of, like, pity for herself. They were really relatable and great. Okay, wait. My last funny sarcasm of the episode was not from any of the main characters. It was from one of the breaking up the fourth walls. And she, they were talking about if you can believe in love at first sight. And the random New York woman says, how can you believe in love at first sight in a city where people jerk off on you in the subway? <laughs> and I just absolutely, <laughs> and I think that's so true. <laughs> so that was my favorite, um, probably my favorite line of the episode. Yeah, I remember living in New York and just like, you know, if you're like transferring subways or whatever, just being like having the most pissed off look on my face. Like there was no chance of falling in love at first sight with me. <laughs> No. Well, and you know, one of my worst dates ever, two of my, like, <laughs> which we've talked about, dates, like, five guys, on this podcast. two, right. Two of them were guys I met on the subway. And I thought that was like a romantic thing that people did in New York. And then when I told people who lived in New York, like how I met these guys, they're like, wait, he didn't get off at his stop. And he went all the way up to one tenth. Like that's very, and he lived in Queens. He's like, Sarah, Sarah, you, you sweet, naive girl. <laughs> yeah, awful. So, no. Um, okay, what are you giving this episode? Well, I, we need to do fashion. Oh, my God, she's fashion roadkill. Oh, um, I like Charlotte's wedding dress. The black one was beautiful. Me too. I did like Samantha's, like, champagne-colored, um, you know, uh, strapless dress. Had good, like, structure to it. I yes. Like I did not like yeah. Carrie's dress. No, 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 no. That is not something I could wear ever. It's ruched. And so it's like ruched chiffon. 
and like it's roost right at the stomach like that is the last place you should roost it even even made her look bloated <laughs> it did and, and i noticed that and it's it was like a bad prom dress yeah it's not good yeah um, otherwise, a lot of fashion didn't really stand out to me. Carrie had a cute little denim tube top and a sparkly skirt. She has some fun skirts that I really like. All right. Um, should we do our rating, rating at the same time? I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. One, two, three. 2.35. Three. Okay. Okay. Right, close enough. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah, I gave this a solid three. I, you know, gave it a 2.75. It had to be under three, and um, yeah. But I had to put it above two point five, above fifty percent, because um, I love that scene where the bouquet is thrown, and then they're like, "All right, girls, see you tomorrow." <laughs> like they don't give a fuck <laughs> that it's thrown to them. Um, Wait, have you ever have you ever caught a bouquet? No, I no 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 no. I, which do you want to know a quick bouquet story? I caught one, <laughs> and it was when I was dating. And you can bleep it I'll out. Bleep it out. Um, and when I caught it, this is when I knew we should break up. And this is why I probably broke up with him. He went up to me after and was like, he said, why did you catch it? <laughs> Honestly. And, and then I had that. <laughs> That's worse than Big being like, how did they get my name? Why am I on the card? No, I know. He said, why did you catch it? <laughs> And I was like, ooh, this relationship's going nowhere. Um, but I also feel like that's such a quintessential, like, straight guy thing where they say something that you clearly can read what they're thinking, you know, but the, it's just, like, they haven't prepared. They're just, like, saying exactly what's on their mind, which is, why did you catch that? <laughs> why did you catch that? <laughs> exactly. Well, um, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We have a great episode next week, The Man, The Myth, The Viagra. And this is one of my favorite episodes because we are introduced to Mr. Steve Brady. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have to have Erica on this episode. Because yes. Erica said she wants to. <laughs> Erica said he's the, that Steve is, quote, the perfect man. <laughs> <laughs> And that he needs, that she wants to be on the episode where we see Steve. So. <laughs> okay, done. We are going to have a special guest next week who was one of our first listeners and our best critiquer. And yeah. we can't wait. So see you guys next week. Bye, bridesmaids. See you next week. Good luck catching that bouquet, bitches. <laughs> like, I hated that. Can we redo that? All right, guys. Okay, what do you like, want to say? Like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I had too much to drink on an empty stomach.